All right, well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Linux in Hamshack. I am Methanios, god of thunder and ill wind, and over there in the corner is Russ, K5TUX. Say hello, Russ. Hello, this is Russ, K5TUX, and uh, the god of thunder, Richard, KB5JBV. Welcome to Linux in the Hamshack. Well, I was just joshing y'all. This is Richard, KB5JBV, and uh, welcome to all of y'all. This is the show that asks the musical question, do these guys really have any idea what they're doing? Maybe not, but we're going to persevere. Well, how you been, Russ? I, I know it's been a while since we talked. We've had to push this thing back a couple times. The ice storm wasn't so bad down here, but I heard it was pretty uh, pretty ferocious up where you up in your part of the world. Yeah, it was uh, extremely ferocious, actually, up here. It took out uh, tens of thousands of power customers, and they're still not all back on. I got a little bit lucky. I was only out for about a day and a half. Boy, it sure makes it difficult to go shop at the Walmart, don't it? Well, that doesn't... Ice on the ground, <laughs> no, no power. Yeah. Not, I, know, I, know, I know if I go into Walmart, I go straight to electronics, and that would just be no fun at all, being electronics at the Walmart with no electricity. Yeah, that would be no fun, but I don't, I don't find Walmart any fun, so it, it wouldn't change anything for me. Well, I live there. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. That's my, that's my mailing address, Walmart. Uh, if I'm not buying something there, buying groceries there, I'm working there. So I'm 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 all kinds of messed up. Anyway, enough about us. We're we're here to do a show for y'all. So uh, why don't we go ahead and get to uh, get to email now, y'all? My printer's uh, gone to meet its maker this particular weekend or this particular week. So uh, what do you got for us, Russ? Well, um, I don't have very much. I kind of expected that for the install episode. I didn't really think we'd get a lot of feedback on that, and sure enough, we didn't. Uh, but I do have one email from uh, Damon, NN7B, and this was a comment on the Linux in the Hamshack website about episode number six. And Damon writes, uh, Hi, Richard and Russ. I have a question about FLDigi. Is this the right place to post a question? Well, yes, it is. If I install FLDigi on my machine and want to use my older ADI 2-meter radio for some packet, I don't need a TNC, right? All I need to do is create a way to get audio from the radio into my sound card and audio from my sound card to my radio for it to work, right? I don't mind manual rig control for now. I do know my sound pinout for the mic jack, the only jack available on this older radio. But my older laptop only has a USB port, no DIN connector port. I would love to establish rig control from the USB port, but don't know where to start. Another option would be to run the 9-pin DIN from my Linux box, but I haven't gotten FLDigi to run on that yet. I guess in summary, do I need to run a TNC with FLDigi? By the way, you guys are awesome. Keep up the good work. Damon NN7B. Well, thank you for the kind words, Damon, and I think we're both going to address this. I've only had a little bit of experience with 2-meter packet on Linux, and in my experience, I did use an MFJ packet TNC, and that was the only way I could get the rig control I needed to get it to work. I was using an HTX202 uh, with a custom interface to the MFJ packet TNC, and that worked great. I don't know if just plugging in your sound card is enough to make it work, because I think you'd have to hand-key uh, your device for every transmission, and I'm not sure how effective that would be. What what kind of experience do you have with packet TNCs and Linux, Richard? 
Well, I'll tell you right now, my, my packet uh, experience has been with uh, Windows uh, primarily. In fact, I've never actually run packet on, on Linux itself. And I would end up having to use uh, a TNC and driving it driving it in KISS mode. Now, I do understand there are a, a set of sound card drivers out there for the Linux operating system. I believe that's one of the things you have to activate in the kernel. I'm not real sure if it turns into rolling a kernel. That's a pretty lengthy process. Damon, my, my suggestion would be that uh, you go out on the web. Uh, we're going to talk about how-tos in a little bit, but there should be plenty of how-tos on how to make that happen. Uh, right now, we're both deficient in that particular department as far as knowing what you might need to do to make that happen, but that is something we will check into so that uh, we can get that information to y'all at a future, future date. I do want to do uh, at least two episodes on... Uh, on the packet capabilities of the Linux operating system because even though I haven't used them, I've been around people that have had them set up and running, and let me tell you, it beats the uh, the stuff you end up with on Windows completely to death. So uh, what else have we got, Russ? Well, that's all there is as far as I know. Okay, well, well, Damon, uh, like I said, that's probably probably the, uh, the best thing to do at this point, and we'll be talking about help and how-tos and that kind of stuff in the following segments. All righty, uh, moving on. Let's see what we got here. Oh, yes, I received an email. Uh, I'm able to remember this one off the top of my head, y'all. Everything else is off the top of my head. This might as well be, too. I received an email from uh, F0FAK, um, Herv, H-E-R-V-E. And uh, Herv, if I'm saying it wrong, send me another email and admonish me for it. Uh, but Herb sent me this email. He's working on a new amateur radio live CD called Shackbox. Now, Shackbox is supposed to, uh, it's going to be heavy. I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to have to be on a, uh, a DVD. But just looking over the preliminaries on it, uh, there's an awful lot of stuff in here. In fact, everything amateur radio related that you can get your hands on in Linux appears to be on this live CD. And not only that, but there appears to be quite a few Windows programs on this CD that uh, are programs that should run on Windows that uh, are included. Uh, I did see that Ham Radio Deluxe was on there and some other stuff. Now, this distribution is Ubuntu-based, so it's got a good... Uh, it's got a good bed for it. It doesn't say what version of Ubuntu that it's uh, based on. Uh, in the current version, it says Windows Software, Ham Radio Deluxe, CC3300, whatever that is, Trunk View, whatever that is. And then it appears, go, scrolling down this list, which is quite extensive, it not only seems to have uh, the GNOME desktop, but also the KDE desktop included. All the AX25 packet tools, compas, well, you've heard us talk about compas. It probably comes right up when it gets installed. But this thing is massive. Firefox 3, oh, let's see, the GIMP, for those of y'all who are familiar, this is going to be a happening distribution. Now, for those of y'all who are just getting into Linux, y'all go ahead and uh, y'all uh may not want to get in a hurry about downloading this 
because it's currently in beta. It's in uh, uh, 0.1 beta right now. Uh, he's improving on it and trying to get it out of beta. Uh, let's see. Previous is 0.1.5 beta. This is currently 0.1. Wait a minute. The next version will be 0.1.5. Y'all give me a few days to check this out. By the next time we uh, we record, I'll be able to give y'all a little more information on it. But uh, I wanted to let y'all know that this is becoming available. Uh, Harv's Ham Shack Hack and some of the others are starting to become a little long in the tooth. And the uh, utilities that they have on there are much older versions than you can get now. We've covered that. We've covered the one piece of email. Can you think anything else we need to cover before we go to the break, Russ? No, I think we're ready to just get a little snippet of music in here and get ourselves prepared for the topic at hand tonight, which will be documentation and not writing documentation, which is something I loathe, but getting information and help when you need it. All right, y'all. So y'all kick back a minute and... uh... We'll be right back. I'm sure Russ has got another fine piece of uh, musical uh, chocolate chip cookies for us. We'll be right back. Code monkey, get up, get coffee. Code monkey, go to job. Code monkey, have boring meeting with boring manager Rob. Rob say code monkey, very diligent, but his output stink. His code not functional or elegant. What do Code Monkey think? Code Monkey think maybe manager wanna write goddamn login page himself. Code Monkey not say it out loud. Code Monkey not crazy, just proud. Code Monkey likes Speedos. Code Monkey likes Dallas Mountain Dew. Code Monkey very simple man with big warm fuzzy secret heart. Code Monkey like you. He have long walk back to cubicle. He sit down, pretend to work. Code monkey not thinking, so straight. Code monkey not feeling, so great. Code monkey like Fritos. Code monkey like Tavern Mountain Dew. Code monkey very simple man. Big warm fuzzy secret heart. Code monkey like you. Monkey thinks someday he have everything, even pretty girl like you. Code monkey just waiting 
can pick that music out y'all let me tell you we get as many emails about the music as we do actually the content of the show which makes me wonder but okay uh this time we're going to talk a little bit about documentation i know that this is not your average amateur radio podcast but we want to make sure y'all have a strong base and uh, the ability to to help solve your own problems for the most part if you uh if you run up on something where you need to solve those problems. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the different uh, information that's there to help you run your system. First of all, in my experience, the the very easiest way to learn how to use some of these commands, and uh, this would more or less be in the terminal because I still get in touch with my inner DOS guy every once in a while, is uh, if you're running a program in the terminal, the easiest way to find out what the uh, what kind of information you can get for that is to type type the name of the program followed by a dash dash and the word H E L P. It doesn't get much simpler than that. And in most cases, you'll uh, uh, type that command in with that behind. And it'll show you a list of parameters and give you a little uh, and give you a little info on what the command does and that kind of stuff. Uh, that'll pretty much fix a lot of the problems that you're after. Now, I know a lot of you guys aren't going to go in the terminal, and we're going to get to other stuff than that in just a few minutes, but we might as well start at the least and work towards the uh, the biggest. So, Russ, what are your thoughts on the help command behind, uh, behind these uh, programs in the terminal? Well, they are designed to be your first line of defense against uh, not knowing how to you know use the commands. The way Linux is structured, some of the help commands, some of the way things are written go back to the old Unix days where you might want to type a command and use the dash H switch. Or in modern times, you have what's called the new style help or GNU style help, which always uses a double dash and a word like help, dash, dash, help. Uh, sometimes... Uh, applications are coded with both methods of accessing the help, sometimes one, sometimes the other. So if one doesn't work, go ahead and try the other one. Uh, like I said, the older commands tend to use dash H, and their dash H output tends to be not nearly as good or as inclusive as some of the newer dash dash help. But if it's, if it's just looking for a parameter to type in or an option to give a program, that's certainly the easiest and fastest way to find that information. You know, it sounds to me like Russ is on a roll, so... Russ, why don't you tell us about man pages? Okay, again, from the terminal, one of the most useful ways to get information about an application is the man command. Man is short for manual, and it's just like it sounds, man, M-A-N, and you would type man, space, and then the name of the application that you're trying to get information about. If you wanted information on the ls command, for example, you would type man space ls. If you wanted it on fldigi, 
you would type man space FL Digi. Now, some applications don't have man pages because the people who wrote the application didn't bother to write them. In those instances, it's likely that you probably will get information using the info command or using the help from the application itself when you start it up. There'll be a help menu item, and you'll get help that way instead of through a man page. But if you happen to type man ls in a terminal window, you'll get a standard formatted file, and it will pop up in your default editor. Now, for a default installation of Ubuntu, that editor is probably nano. You can change that, and maybe we'll get to how to change that in the future. I actually use Vim, but uh, in either case, you'll get the man page popped up in your default editor, and they're all structured the same. You get the first thing is the name of the application and a basic description of what it does, and then a synopsis, which is like the dash H or dash dash help command. The output for the synopsis will be pretty much the same as that. And then afterwards, you'll get a long explanation of all of the options and arguments you can give to the application and what those things do. And specifics on how to enter them, like if they're optional, non-optional, whether you have to specify the dash option format or the dash dash option format, so on and so forth. And then there's some additional information at the bottom, including who wrote the application, where you can send email if you find a bug in the application or you need additional help, copyright information, and a see also information, which is really helpful because it usually will give you additional applications you can type man for to get further information on the application that you're, you're using. Now, LS doesn't have that because there aren't a lot of associated applications for LS, but if some other ones may have uh, many different related applications, and you should be able to type man and specify any of those applications to get more information or more in-depth information on what you're looking at. So I think that's a pretty good rundown on man. You got anything else to add? No, not really. Uh, man page has pretty much saved my life on a lot of stuff, because like I said, I try to get in touch with my inner DOS guy, who nowadays is an inner Linux guy. So... <laughs> uh, I find myself using man pages more than anything else. But Russ knows way more about this stuff, y'all, so I think he he had a pretty good catch there. Once we get past this stuff, now we've done the terminal stuff, and for those of you who are never going to use the terminal, you can go ahead and erase the last six minutes of this podcast, seven minutes of this podcast. Now, let's move on to documentation. Now, for those of y'all that are coming over from Windows or from Mac, I'm not real sure about Mac because I've never fooled with them much, but I know every single Windows application that is worth a hoot has a help file with it or some sort of documentation. Documentation works a little differently in Linux. Uh, sometimes you can download the program itself and never get the documentation simply because it saves space. And to get the documentation on the uh, program, you have to download it separately. Myself, I've downloaded documentation and not been able to find it. Of course, like I said, Russ knows way more about this stuff than I do. But then again, a lot of the times when you download the documentation, it'll be added to the uh, 
the uh, help that you can access through the main uh, the main uh, menu in your desktop. So when you download these programs, you'll go. You, if you want the documentation with them, you need to go ahead and make sure you have that checked in your in your uh, package manager. That way, it's going to show up in that help menu where you can find it. Uh, do you have any thoughts on uh, actual documentation, Russ? Sure, I can throw in some additional information here, especially uh, especially in Debian. And I'm not entirely sure about Ubuntu, but I'm pretty sure it's the same way since it uses the same package manager and in a lot of cases the same packages, just with slightly different names. If you install using your package manager like Synaptic or whatever or via the command line, the documentation package, which is usually the name of the application, dash doc, you will get... The man pages. The man pages are included in there. But what is also included in there is a bunch of other stuff that, unless you uh, unless you know where to look for it, you're never going to see it. Now, where you find that stuff is slash user slash USR slash share slash doc slash the name of the application. You know, for FLDigi, it would be slash user slash share slash docs slash FLDigi. And in there, what you'll find may be nothing or may be a ton of stuff. There will probably be some zipped files that end in .gz or .tar.z. There may be some HTML files. Uh, there may be examples, contributed files. Uh, SQL scripts, and any number of things. And those are all there to aid in your use of the, the application in some way. Many of those things you may not ever need, but in a lot of cases it's stuff that doesn't get thrown into the man page, but if there's something specific in an application you want to do, it's likely that someone has wanted to do that in the past, and they've put that little piece of esoteric information into one of those files. And in a lot of instances, there will be um, HTML versions of man pages in there as well. You can, you can view those using Firefox or some other browser just by specifying in your URL bar the URL file colon slash slash and then another slash because you're starting at the root directory. So that's three slashes. Uh, user slash share slash docs slash the name of the application slash and then like the index.html file. And it'll actually bring up local web pages, HTML formatted for your application. So you'll have a much better interface to the help documentation. For those files in the, if you're in the terminal, for those files that are zipped up, some, some of them won't be. Some of them will be text files. But if they happen to be zipped up, you can use special commands that start with Z that will unzip and show you and display those files automatically. Things like Z more and Z less and Z cat, which do the same thing as more, less, and cat. They just have a front end to uncompress the .gz files first and then do the more, the less, or the cat. So that saves you a step in viewing those documents. Uh, that's all I've got for right now. you have anything else? 
Well, no, that sounds like you pretty much covered documentation. And uh, let me tell you, y'all, I think uh, if your brain is throbbing like ours is, I think we should probably go ahead and take a break at this point and play a few minutes of music. Y'all ease on up the hall and, and get you a drink, and we'll be back in just a minute.
And we are back from break number two. And after all of that terminal gobbledygook that I spouted off before the music, I think we're going to let Richard talk a little bit about getting help in online forums. Well, it's more about going outside the box on this, y'all. And you'll find out that, uh, uh, or at least I've found out over the years, not just in Linux, but in amateur radio and uh, other things, sometimes it's good to ask other folks because a lot of times they've been through all the stuff you're fixing to go through and can probably save you uh, a lot of uh, bumps on your noggin and a little aggravation. Online forums. Every distribution has some sort of forum set up so that people that use the same distribution can gather up and discuss their problems, try and find answers together and that kind of stuff. Um, say you're having a problem with uh, getting your wireless adapter working on your network. Uh, go on over to, if you're using Ubuntu, go to the Ubuntu forums. I end up there a lot. And in fact, every time I get to thinking that I need to not do a distribution-specific search, I end up there anyway because there's so many people using it. There's so many people that have had problems and so many answers to be had. But if you go on over there and you uh, type in a, a short description of the kind of problem you're having, chances are you're going to pull up 6, 8, 10, 12 different uh, instances where people have posted the same problem. And it'll give you an opportunity to read down through there and see how they've solved it and uh, the advice that people have given you to solve it. Same way with Debian, SUSE, Fedora, uh, any of the major distributions. In fact, all the distributions have a form of some type or another. You know, earlier I was talking about this guy working on this new uh, uh, ham radio live CD. He's already got a, a small forum set up over at his website for people to uh Talk about it while they're while it's going through beta testing. You know, these are the places you need to go first. You know, ask a question. It's easier to ask these guys a question than go to uh, uh, someplace where you're face-to-face with people. You don't have to be shy because you're on the keyboard and you're writing a message that uh, whoever answers is probably not going to see for several hours. What are your thoughts on forums, Russ? Uh, forums are an excellent resource because, like with um, Wikipedia, wikis, and forums, you have community-based information, and it's almost guaranteed that when you're looking for information, somebody out there has come to the issue you're at before you got to it. At least in my experience, that's always the way it's been. It doesn't matter how new I think the problem is. Somebody's already had it, and they probably had it three years ago. And I've pretty much always been able to find good information on forums. One thing I would caution about is trying to make sure that the forum that you're posting information to is current. For distributions, that's going to be the case. But if you're using some perhaps outdated piece of software, it may not be. The forums may have been long dead. And if you post a question to it, you may never receive an answer. And that's no way to go. So maybe just check dates on posts and things like that before you get too involved in typing out a long explanation. But for as far as resources, they are excellent resources. They're about the closest thing you're going to get to paid support for a commercial application. Yeah, and there you go. Uh, Russ hit it right on the head. You know, Linux is uh, free to download, free to use, free as in beer and free as in speech. And... That's all fine and good, but as far as support is concerned, uh, support ain't free. 
canonical charges a few dollars for that over if you run in Ubuntu. And uh, the fact of the matter is that the forums are the closest you're going to get to support without actually dropping 20 bucks for however many months it is of uh, online tech support. But then again, you might want to consider that if you uh, if that's the way you're used to doing things. So uh, moving on, and I know we're moving kind of quick this time around, y'all, but we just kind of want to do an overview on this because it'll give you an opportunity to go out and check some things out and look around and um, get used to the way that uh, things are. You have to develop a little bit different way of thinking when you use Linux, especially uh, us amateur radio operators, but it's not that different. It just uh, we develop some new skills as far as uh, finding the information we need. The next thing we need to talk to talk about is how-tos. Yes, believe it or not, there are how-tos out there. A how-to is basically a tutorial, basically a tutorial. But it's pretty much a step-by-step, start here, end here, uh, getting things happening. Uh, I've seen how-tos on networking. I've seen how-tos on packet radio. I've seen how-tos on uh, doing backups over your network. Uh, how-tos are really useful. If you're the kind of f- person that can sit down with a book and uh, learn how to, I don't know, I taught myself uh, years ago, I taught myself basic program by sitting down with a book and going through it page at a time until I made it happen. Uh, same way with learning how to use a TNC. And these uh, doggone DC to light radios like this one sitting on my desk here right now, uh, you definitely got to have that book to be able to figure it out. Well, how-tos are, are kind of like that. Uh, they'll take you through a step at a time and uh, get you from point A to point B and get things working. And if you find that you uh, have a problem getting it happening, well, it's time to go back to the forums. But where how-tos are concerned, uh, all you have to do is go out on the on the internet one more time, your favorite search engine, how to, and then what what you want to do. And I'm sure you'll come up with hundreds, hundreds of little walkthroughs, how tos on how to get your packet running, how to set up your sound card interface, how to uh, do satellite tracking, that kind of stuff. You know, we're basically doing how tos here. Once again, we're starting with trying to get a strong base in uh, base in on the Linux end of it. Uh, that's what we're pretty much doing here is how-tos. We say we Elmer over at the other show. Well, this is the how-to show. So, Russ, what, what's your opinion on how-tos? Um, I personally love how-tos, especially because they give you exact information. They tell you exact keystrokes to type. And when there are variances, they give you the basics on how to you know, transition from what they've got written down to how it works for your distribution. So they, again, are an excellent resource. And most of the time you can go to Google, type the name of your application, and type how-to after it is one word, H-O-W-T-O, and you'll probably get a thousand different how-tos for the thing you're looking for. And there's also a great resource on the web called howtoforge.com. H-O-W-T-O-F-O-R-G-E dot com. Now, this is more for distributions and Linux applications than it is for amateur radio, but if you're having a problem with a distribution or a specific Linux application, go to howtoforge.com, and they have a search engine, which will bring up how-tos in their knowledge base on anything that anyone's ever posted a how-to about. 
Well, see, now Russ is trying to make me look bad. He's throwing these URLs out there and stuff. But that's okay, because I'm going to fix him in the next little bit. Y'all go out and hunt down these how-tos and uh, use them. Definitely use them. Uh, Every one that I have uh, gone and dug up has worked well for me. Okay, last but not least, let's talk about tutorials. Tutorials, we, I know we just got finished talking about how-tos, and tutorials are... How-tos are tutorials, kind of. They're more like that walkthrough of your favorite uh, favorite game you play on your computer, you know. Uh, turn left here, turn right there. They're pretty specific. Tutorials, on the other hand, are more like, uh, I don't know, reading the documentation in a, in a book form for your favorite radio, your favorite uh, TNC. And uh, a couple good places to find general Linux tutorials. I really haven't taken the time to dig in and find a lot of ham tutorials because uh, a lot of the stuff that I've been doing, I've pretty much just kind of patched together on my own without looking for help on. But, you know, for some of the basic setup stuff, uh, there's quite a few places to get good tutorials out there. Uh, One of the folks I'd suggest would be... uh, uh, there's a podcast out there called Linux Basement, which is run by Chad Wallenberg. And Ch- Chad, uh, Chad's pretty well known in the Linux community and uh, does several podcasts. But for his Linux Basement podcast, almost every show he posts uh, one or two tutorials concerning the uh, subject matter that he presented on his program. Now, if y'all want to go check out Chuck's site, that's over at linuxbasementoneword.com. LinuxBasement, one word, dot com. And the guys over at Going Linux, which have uh, been really helpful with us, you know, uh, uh, not just anybody gets a banner up over at Black Sparrow Media, but uh, the guys over, Larry, uh, Larry and his co-host over at Going Linux have helped us out quite a bit, so uh, I try to point folks over there also. Uh, they post quite a few tutorials to their site quite often. And once again, these are going to be pretty much uh, basic Linux-related tutorials on setting up networks and different things like that. But this is all stuff you're going to need in the short term or the long term. Now, as far as amateur radio tutorials, once again, I said I I really haven't dug into those uh, too deeply. But I know if these guys are writing tutorials, there's got to be folks out there writing amateur radio tutorials. Once again, go go to Google. Go to your favorite search engine, check this thing out. These things out. There's an incredible amount of help out there for the new Linux user and for the guys that have been been around for years. So, uh, what's your uh, thoughts on tutorials, Russ? Well, I think you pretty much nailed it. But the one thing about tutorials that I think you were trying to summarize but didn't quite get around to is that they are in a lot of ways like how tos, but tutorials also touch on theory. They go into oftentimes deep explanations of how things work, why things work. We may be looking at something about FL Digi, but the beginning of the tutorial may explain things like how packets flow or something more in-depth that doesn't actually have to do with the topic at hand, but gives you a much broader knowledge and gives you a deeper perspective of the thing you're actually trying to understand, which may actually help you in the long run. You know, the only factor there is that you're looking at something that's almost always in book form or uh, at least novella form, whereas a how-to is just a straight uh, bunch of pages that tells you what to do. I think that's the only difference I can think of, but other than that, I think you had it all just right. 
Well, you know, you're right. That's probably the way I should have put it. Um, how to is kind of like the instructions on putting a chair together. You know, put the, insert this screw here, uh, insert that bolt there, and uh, tutorials on the other hand are a little more comprehensive. Okay, well, that's pretty much the uh, the gambit of getting help for uh, whatever you're doing on the Linux operating system. Uh, I can think of one or two more things. Uh, those of you that use Google, there is a special section over at Google that uh, deals strictly with uh, Linux searches, and you can find a lot of good information there. Um, like I said, there's a lot of websites out there that have uh, information for new users, tutorials, how-tos, all this other stuff. The amount of information you can get since everybody's working together where this operating system is concerned is unbelievable and sometimes overwhelming. In general, uh, wrapping up uh, documentation and help and that kind of stuff, do you have anything else to add, Russ? I do actually want to throw out one more resource that I thought of while we were talking here. And this may not be something that comes to mind in general when you're thinking about getting help on something, but I know in the past it's helped me out a great deal. And that is especially at places like SourceForge.net, if you're getting an application from there, or almost anywhere else, really. The application providers will have forums where you can get info, but they'll also have a bug tracker. They may use something like Mantis or Bugzilla or whatever flavor of bug tracker they like, but you can search those bugs, and a lot of times they will contain a fix for some problem you might be having. I know when I was first starting to use VMware under Linux, VMware wasn't keeping up real well with the Linux kernel development, and I would go to the bug tracker for VMware, and about every two weeks there would be a patch provided under the bug tracker that would fix whatever problem VMware was having long before VMware fixed it. So that's another really good resource. And usually for most applications, if you go on the web, find the application page, you'll see links to the downloads, the forums, the info sections, man pages, and a bug tracker if they have one. So that's another resource you can use if you're having trouble. Keeping up with those bugs, we're going to talk about bugs uh, further on down. A friend of mine, Peter Nicolaitis, real big on uh, making sure if you find a bug, get it reported and uh, let them know what's going on so everybody can benefit from it. But that's subject for a whole nother day. All right. Well, with that, let's see what I got on my list. Uh, let me remind you all about Shackbox, uh, currently under development, amateur radio uh, live CD. For those of y'all who uh, are new to Linux, you might want to wait a little while. For those of y'all that are feeling a little saucy, though, uh, go to Shackbox, one word, S-H-A-C-K-B-O-X dot net, N-E-T, Shackbox dot net. And uh, look around. Uh, looks like he's running WordPress over there, so it's pretty easy to maneuver. Uh, you got anything else in that direction, Russ? Uh, for Linux distributions? Or just anything in general before we thank everybody and get the heck out. Well, considering I don't think my voice is up to much more of this, I'm going to say no. All righty. Well, with that, uh, 
thank y'all for tuning in to us this time. Uh, y'all come back and see us the next time. Uh, we're going to try and get this recording schedule back on track. We've had a little, little problem, a little bit of a problem up down in this part of the world, but, uh, I can tell by the fact that the uh, little Hispanic children out front have, are staying out later and later that summer is coming. So we ought to be able to get right back on track. So if you want to get in touch with me, send me any, send us any email comments, suggestions, uh, that kind of stuff. You can send them to me at kb5jbv at blacksparrowmedia.com or follow me on Twitter at uh, twitter.com slash kb5jbv if you have any hate mail send it to russ and you can send that to me at k5tux at blacksparrowmedia.com you can follow me on twitter at twitter.com slash jrwoodman and you can follow the program on twitter at twitter.com slash hamshacklinux and y'all make sure you go over to the website and uh, check the recording schedule which is uh uh, fairly current most of the time at uh, blacksparrowmedia.com slash LHS. And with that, I'm pretty much played out for this time around. So uh, from down here in Bald Springs, Texas, y'all have a good evening, everybody. And from me up in Flippin', Arkansas, and yes, that's really where it is, this is Russ, K5TUX, and we'll see you next time.